Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Today we are speaking with Michael Parado, who's been a funeral director since 1988. Mike attended Canton College for Mortuary Science. After completing his residency, he earned his funeral director's license. Since then, he's been growing the business with his dad, Phil, and brother David. A large part of his commitment to improving funeral care is being involved in industry-related organizations. He has previously served as president of both the Preferred Funeral Directors International, PDFI, and the local Rochester Genesee Valley Funeral Directors Association. Mike is currently serving as a board member for the Grease Rotary. Mike has enjoyed watching his own sons, Michael and John, grow into young men who are now creating their own distinct futures. Mike's third son, Rocky, is the family's faithful companion. He is also a friendly staff member at Bartolomeo and Parado Funeral Home as a grief therapy dog. Aside from keeping lacrosse stats on the sidelines of his son's games over the years, Mike is a true outdoorsman who loves to hunt, hike, fish, or just sit around a campfire with friends. When he gets some spare time, he likes cooking and perfecting timing and flavors with his food smoker. Rocky was born June of 2015. He resides in Greece with his father, Mike, and his brothers, Michael and John. At home, Rocky enjoys playing tug-of-war and watching the critters in the backyard. He is definitely not a squirrel fan. He likes to sit on the lap of anyone who thinks they are going to watch TV, and believe it or not, he actually watches the TV. He loves to play fetch, and he is always underfoot. Rocky's goal at work every day is simple. He enjoys bringing comfort to those who have lost a loved one. He has quickly become the most popular member of the Bartolomeo and Parado team. He has been working at the funeral home since 2016. More people know his name than Mike's. Bartolomeo and Parado Funeral Home believe it is their commitment to the Bartolomeo legacy reaching back to 1922 that motivates them to continue to grow and improve. Good afternoon, Mike. Welcome and thanks so much for joining us today. I'm so excited for our listeners to hear about Rocky and his special way of helping people at a critical moment. But before we get started, could you please tell us a bit about your background, as well as how Rocky came to be a valued member of your staff? You know, um, it started really years and years ago before uh, Rocky was ever born. Um, We had shared uh, information with people who are peers, uh, and they had... um, they had a grief therapy dog and we heard some of the positive effects that had happened and how families reacted to it. And, you know, after talking to one of my peers and and finding out how valuable their therapy dog had become, we then realized this is something that we needed to have. Unfortunately, um, the only person that was in a position to bring a dog home of all of our staff was me. And we had a dog at the time who, while he loved us, uh, he didn't love others uh, so well or other <laughs> dogs. So we kind of had to pause a little bit. Right. Unfortunately, uh, you know, our, our, our other dog buddy had passed away and um, it was unfortunate there. But, you know, it opened the opportunity for us to bring Rocky into our family. We uh, couldn't wait, uh, you know, to, re- to have him in our home. 
And uh, on a professional level, I couldn't wait to begin the process uh, of bringing him onto our team here at the funeral home. Okay. And you, you then are with Bartolomeo and Parado Funeral Home in Rochester, New York. That's that's correct. Yeah. And uh, so Rocky's coming up on uh, he'll be six years old in June. And so he already has four and a half years under his belt of being a part of our our team here. That's great. And when he's not working, so to speak, he goes home with you and lives in your household. Yeah, that's correct. So uh, it's funny, you know, there's work Rocky and then there's home Rocky. Um, (laughs) The home version of Rocky would be very similar to anybody's dog at home. Um, you wouldn't know the difference. Matter of fact, if you watched him at home, you'd say, how could this dog possibly greet people during a time when it's, when it's you know, an emotional time and a challenging time? Uh, but there's two different Rockies. There's Rocky at work and then there's Rocky at home. And uh, what you would know a dog to be at home, he, he very much is. He knows the difference. Um, once we begin our day and I just say to him, you know, let's go to work. He immediately changes over, very disciplined, very structured, um, you know, and he can't wait to get in the car and, and go to work and help folks. Um, conversely, at the end of the day at 4.30, you know, uh, while most of our staff is leaving, I, I don't usually have that luxury, but, um, you know, he knows that they're leaving and he starts to, to pace a little bit and uh, he's looking forward to going home so that he can be, you know, home rock. Um, so no different than us, right? You know, at the end of the day, you get tired, you want to go home. Well, he's the exact same way. Uh, conversely, in the morning, for anybody who loves their job, you know, uh, he can't wait to get here to work and, and, and do his thing and help folks. And Rocky is a golden doodle, correct? Yeah, he's golden doodle. Uh, he's two-thirds poodle, uh, one-third golden. His size, he's about you know, 35 pounds, give or take, hypoallergenic. That was one of the most important things, you know, to get started. You know, people have allergies to dogs and and. and, and or cats or what have you. So he's hypoallergenic. Uh, he's supposed to not shed, but he leaves little bits and pieces of him. I think the reason why he leaves his fur is to have his love follow you. <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that. Okay. Stephanie used to be involved with dog shows and such. So she and I are both well acquainted with how much training and time and practice it involves to train a dog. Now, therapy dogs involve even more training and work than we're used to. What did you and Rocky have to go through? Because I know it's not a matter of just training the dog. You have to train the handler as well. Yeah, you know, the handler, uh, yourself truly, uh, yours truly, uh, you know, the handler had to learn more, I think, than the dog did. The dog just kind of got it. You know, no (laughs) different than, but it starts with disobedience. Um, you know, uh, no different than any uh, anybody else who gets a dog. It starts with just regular training. So he and I did all of that, passed all those those different things that we needed to do. And then the therapy uh, end of things is very, very advanced. Example, putting him in a sit-stay and then leave the room. He can't come out of that sit-stay. Different situational things, uh, you know, being around people with walkers or canes or wheelchairs. Um, loud, abrupt noises, things falling on the floor. So he had to, to go through these environmental type of tests where a, a dog could be shocked. Uh, and, and part of his requirements are that, no, he couldn't be shocked because as he's around people, these are all things that can happen. But his reaction needs to be one of calm, 
uh, and discipline. Uh, you know, again, at, at the end of the day, he's still a dog. Right. And he has natural tendencies and he has teeth and he has, you know, he has claws on his paws. Uh, so uh, having the, the right dog, um, it started back really in the beginning. The trainer that we had, who was local, actually came to uh, help us pick through the litter. Uh, and we had the pick of the litter. Uh, the breeder was out in Spenceport. And once uh, the, the trainer came, she did all these random tests with all the puppies. And there was a whole bunch. She said, OK, you can't have any of these, right. but you can pick from any one of these. And, and she was looking for beta personalities, uh, an alpha dog, so to speak is one that is not good in this role right. uh, because their instinctive tendencies to protect kick into place. And, and, and with a therapy dog, those instincts have to be as minimal as is possible. They have to be beta. Uh, and he has to be beta to me right. so that I can get his attention no matter where we are and, and, and you know, make a motion to him with my hand, a sound with my mouth, or, or verbally give him a command. And he needs to, on a dime, stop and do that immediately. So um, it, it, a lot of this training was training for me. You know, all the different situational things that can happen. You know, as an example, whether it's my home or at work, um, to, for us to continue with me being the alpha and he being my beta as we're working together, he's never allowed to go upstairs before me or go through a threshold uh, in front of me because then that would that would his his mind says, okay, I need to protect dad. I need to protect Mike Parado. As opposed to, no, Mike walks through that threshold first. Mike's good. Uh, I don't need that role of he protecting me is 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 never allowed to happen. Um, so it's it's ongoing. It's situational. It's when I bring him home, when we go out for a walk, you know, I could take him on a walk anywhere without a leash and I just pat my right knee and he knows that's where he needs to go. He can't walk in front of me. He can't leave up my knee unless I give him the command that that releases him. Wow. That's, that's quite an education. And is Rocky a credentialed therapy dog then? Are there credentials for that training? Yeah, it's called TDI. It's Therapy Dogs International. Uh, understand that, you know, there's so many different terms used. So there's service dogs and there's therapy dogs. That's the two biggest ones. Um, service dogs typically will help people who have medical challenges, whether it be sight, could be somebody who's epileptic, who goes into seizures. You know, so service dogs have specific uses and training to support those uses. Therapy dogs, uh, there are different forms of therapy, different environments for therapy. Uh, a little bit more uh, general uh, in terms of uh, they don't get into the specifics of like a seeing eye dog would, um, but certainly appropriate to, you know, greeting folks uh, who've experienced a loss. And loss could be a lot of different things, right? It could be it could be the death of somebody, certainly. Um, but there are other losses that happen uh, along each one of our own lives. Uh, and, you know, his ability to uh, be in any of those settings, that training kind of transcends that. He can tell when I'm in a bad mood. Um, he doesn't know why I'm in a bad mood. He doesn't quantify it by saying, oh, geez, you know, I got in a car accident. Uh, oh, you know, and that put me in a bad mood. I'm not feeling good or a death. He doesn't know the difference, right? All he knows yeah. is, is, you know, I'm not myself. And whatever natural emotions that I'm experiencing, you know, uh, that I don't even realize uh, I'm radiating, the dog picks up on it. 
and knows that I'm having a bad day for whatever reason. And then he just kicks in with his training as well as his instincts and his instincts even more so than the training uh, so that he can, you know, can be my buddy. Okay. Um, does he have a full name? I know a lot of dogs that are, you know, born with breeders and a lot of it depends on their breeding and their certificates. Does he have a full name or is he always just Rocky? He's just Rocky. He's Rocky. <laughs> yeah. And and all our families know him as Rocky. And uh, it, it's interesting that you asked that. So I can't tell you the number of times that, you know, when somebody's had a loss of their loved one and the initial phone call comes in and you know, introduce myself and naturally express my condolences, ask their, um, you know, ask the family if they have any questions and give them kind of the scenario of what's going to happen next. And at the end, you know, towards the end of the conversation, I'll say, well, is Rocky going to be there when we come? <laughs> and I'll say, well, sure. And and then and then as we're winding up the conversation and then they'll go to, and what's your name again? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would argue um, that he is our, he is our, our most infamous uh, staff member, uh, and, and everybody knows him by just plain old Rocky. Rocky. Uh, and his name, even though I've been here for 33 years, his, his, people, nobody, more people know Rocky than they do of me. <laughs> does, he have, does he have his own business cards? You know, we have his own cards, uh, and we do. Ha- we do. And um, the kids, um, obviously, you know, an adult may not necessarily want Rocky's business card, but it's really cool for the little kids. We've got cards. We've got magnets. Aww. So for the little kid that was here and the, and the dog made a, Rocky made a, a great impact for, you know, we give him Rocky's card. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I hear back from people and they say, oh, gosh, you know, they, they put his card on the, on the refrigerator and we can't take it down. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yes, he does have his, his Rocky groupies, so to speak. And, and in many cases with the children, you know, that, that card gives them a positive reminder of a not so positive experience. That's great. Can you give us an idea of what Rocky's daily routine might be for the sake of the fact that we're in a pandemic right now? Let's just forget that. What would be, what would normally his routine be? Because things are so different right now. Yeah. So um, again, it starts off in the morning. Uh, We find our way to work and he absolutely uh, has to greet every single person here uh, that that works on our team. He he. He won't be happy until he's done that. You know, every given, any given day, it depends. You know, he could meet with three or four families in a day. He could meet with no families in a day. Right. Our mm-hmm. presumption needs to be this. Not everybody's always going to be comfortable right. with a dog in the room. Uh, not every family thinks that, that a therapy dog is appropriate or that they need him. So, uh, again, his day is going to vary depending upon the acceptance of of. of the families that we're caring for at any time, what we have done is there's 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 times where it's appropriate to introduce him. As an example, uh, we're sitting with a family and going through the uh, the funeral planning. Uh, that's a perfect time to introduce him, and that's always one of the more emotional times. Right. So that's worked out great. At the beginning of the visitation, prior to the public coming or prior to a service beginning. We will introduce him to uh, the family. Once the public starts coming, we do remove him because uh, we've got a kind of a control group, right? We already know who's going to be in the room at the arrangement conference and right. the concept of a Rocky existing. And would you like him? And they'll say yes or no. And when they say yes, it's great. Same thing for calling hours. But the problem becomes 
What you don't know is, is you got somebody who walked in the door uh, for visiting hours and, you know, maybe they were bit by a dog when they were six years old and they've been forever afraid. So we have to know that those folks exist. Uh, and, and quite honestly, the folks that are coming, the guests, they're not having the emotional impact or the needs, the emotional needs to be taken care of like a family would be. They're there to support the family. Um, you know, and because he's become so popular, uh, if we were to be introducing him during those times, he kind of takes the show over a little bit and it becomes about the dog. And that really uh, not, not so great that that could happen. So we introduce him at all the right times, uh, but it's also predicated on people who are accepting of his role. And uh, neat thing, uh, I'll give you an example. of You know, every now and again, we say he breaks out of jail. Um, so he will, he will, uh, um, cause he doesn't understand that there are some folks that, that don't prefer to have him present. He only knows, wait a minute, our conference room, there's a family in there and he presumes that everybody needs him. So when he breaks out of jail, it consists of one of us walking out of the secretary's office and not closing the door behind us. And he'll just saunter on in like he owns the place. <laughs> And I'll and usually a big oh I'm sorry uh, hopefully you're pet friendly <laughs> and and, uh, and I said this is Rocky our grief therapy dog and he and he broke out of jail and uh, if you'd like for him to stay great and, and if not you know I'll remove him but the funny thing is every single time that he saunters on in um, no one's ever said Jesus is no it's not appropriate for him to be in here or ask him to be removed it's quite the opposite. <laughs> well, I'm amazed at his abilities. It kind of makes me want to get a golden doodle now and try to train it, but I don't think I'll get that far. (laughs) Your husband's not in the room. Well, no, he's not. I've actually been showing him pictures of like rescue pups. I see all the time on Facebook and I'm like, look at how cute he's like, no, no more dogs. (laughs) Um, I'm sure that there's some instances that stand out in your thoughts as far as Rocky and his sensitivity to someone's needs. Would you share a few with us, please? Yeah. So, he has what, you know, certainly his obedience training and whatnot, and um, which is a big deal. And again, training me as much as him or more me more than him even. Um, but there's the part that's instinctive that you just can't teach. And I watched this happen several times. So he, I give him a command. Let's say at the beginning of a visitation, it's private families there. And I'll say, OK, go greet. Now, that command to him means he's to greet everybody in the room. And I don't know how, but somehow he keeps track of, of everybody who's there and he will go to everyone. Now, some people will bend over and pet him. Some people will spend, might sit on the ground with him. Others might just, you know, pat him on the head and then that's the end of their interaction with him. But he has this ability to kind of sort out who's in, in, in you know, who's in deep need of him, his attention. And, um, you know, every now and again, you know, let's say there's 10 people in a row, he gets to person number five, he'll park with number five. And that person is having the toughest time at that moment. He just kind of senses it. You know, and I'll have to get his attention and say, you know, I'll say from across the room, and I'll just say, hey, I just say, you know, I make a sound with my mouth and he'll look my direction. I'll go, you missed some people. And sure, he'll go to you know, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10, but then he's going to circle back with five. Um, he, he not only keeps track of who's in the room that he's greeted and what and who he hasn't greeted, but he's going to come right back to that person that he stopped with. So that's been really, really neat to watch. You know, one of the challenges uh, with children is, is making them comfortable with their environment. You know, a young child doesn't fear death. 
they don't have that sense uh, that we do as adults. As we get older, that becomes learned behavior. We're not born fearing our own death. Mm-hmm. What, we, what we fear is when we're young is the unknown or the unfamiliar. Coming up to a casket or up to an urn is very uh, it, it, unfamiliar for a young child, and they can be scared. So Rocky's been trained. Uh, he will come up to the kneeler uh, and he will pray. So if I give him the command of Rocky, go pray, he comes up to the kneeler. He uh, puts his paws on the base of the kneeler he, and he puts you know his rear end down on the ground and puts his head down on top of his paws like he's praying. Mm-hmm. So we've had a couple great instances. And, and every time I see this, I will tell you, and even talking about it uh, always makes me a little bit emotional. But he, um, yeah. I've watched him do this with young kids and you go to the child and say, geez, you know, Rocky likes to go up and say a prayer. You think you'd go up with them? Now, this is the child that their parents, their grandparents, their aunts, their uncles, nobody in the room could get that child comfortable enough with that environment to go up to say a prayer. But all of a sudden, now because Rocky's in the room, they feel this sense of comfort and they want to go up with him. It is uh, awe-inspiring to watch. Uh, the first time I watch it, put a chill, honestly, literally a chill in me. And, uh, you know, I got a couple, you know, a couple of those tears in the corner of my eye when I watched it happen. And every time since, it's no less effective. You know, he just is able to help those who are having a hard time bridge that gap uh, to be able to find some comfort with their surroundings, the comfort with the unknown. Heck, there's some people that are young adults or adults that have never been to a funeral. Yeah, right. You know, but most people have been in the presence of a dog, right? Yeah. Um, so anything we can do to bridge that gap uh, to something they're more familiar with certainly uh, makes sense to, to provide families. Yeah, that, that's just so touching. And uh, just hearing about it brings a tear to my eye. I can just kind of close my eyes and picture that. And it must be such an incredible experience. I can also imagine being the mother of one of those young children Mm -hmm. and just feeling that something incredible has just taken place. So as we've talked about Rocky and his ability and sensitivity, it makes me wonder. So here's our big question for you. In your opinion and experiences, why is Rocky able to reach people when other family, friends and visitors can't quite help anybody feel comfortable? You know, um, this is a, always a tough question. I mean, there's a definite answer for it. Honestly, I wish that the answer wasn't what I'm about to give you. But think of your own daily lives. You know, we have boundaries. Human beings have boundaries. There are people, some people are uncomfortable hugging all the time. So other people are huggers by nature. Mm-hmm. Other people like to extend a kiss on a cheek uh, or, or like handshakes or embraces, you know. But even people who are a little bit more on the warm and fuzzy side and they want to embrace, they want to hug, there's always a limitation. Um, you know, we, we those are brief moments in time. They come, they go. The thing that with, with, with Rocky, and I witnessed it, he doesn't, not only does he know those boundaries exist, he sure as heck doesn't respect them. He comes into your space. You know, he's just going to instinctively do that. Uh, He's going to nuzzle in next to you. He is going to come into your boundary in a way that another human being would not. No matter how close you are with him, he's just coming right in, right? That's how a dog shares their love. So 
the boundaries that we have as as human beings, you know, um, you know, they always say, you know, man and woman's best friend's a dog, right? Well, and I think that's why, because they'll come into your life physically in a way that no other being will. Now let's transcend what I just said there into, well, all right, now we've experienced a loss and someone has died. One of the best things we can do is is to break those boundaries down and to let people into our world. Right. Uh, and Rocky's coming into your world, whether you want him inside that boundary <laughs> or not. He's naturally just going to do that. Um, so the barriers that exist, the boundaries that exist, he's able to, to, to break those down and he totally ignores them. That's not how he works. The other thing is anybody who's pet friendly that likes dogs. And, you know, I can think of any time there's a dog in my presence. Once I've determined that they're safe, right, everybody stops and you pet the dog. Mm-hmm. And I think during that time frame, again, if you're pet friendly, uh, I think during that time frame, it takes away some of the pain or, or, or the anxiety or the grief that people are feeling. Because in that moment, if you're pet friendly, all you're thinking about is happy thoughts yeah. to pet yeah. that dog. And I think subconsciously, and I don't know this, but I'm a pretty good observer of people. I think subconsciously it, what's happening is, is people are in that moment are feeling better. And I think maybe that helps them to say, you know what? This is going to get better in time because it just did, even if it was for 10 seconds, right? While that you, you, you leaned over to pet that dog, it, it made you forget your pain, if, if not for a moment. Yeah, it's, it's a nice quick little distraction that might make you smile for a second. Yes. Yeah, that's, that, that's really quite poignant. And that comes at a point in time, now understand, when, you know, it, it the, the old saying, you know, time heals all wounds, right? Well, you know, at the beginning when Rocky's being introduced, there has been no time to heal anything. Right. right. So the pain is its most severe. The uh, the grief is at its most gripping. So uh, at this point, to your point, Stephanie, you said, you know, the dog helps to create a distraction. I would agree with that, but I take it a step further and say, you know what? The dog makes them realize, you know what? I just felt a moment of of joy. Right. You know, and I think it just subconsciously tells folks, hey, this is going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I know Stephanie has dogs. I have a dog. And of course, I'm, you know, I'm getting old enough when I think, OK, this is the last dog I'm going to have, because the older you get, the more difficult it takes, the more time it takes and the more difficult it is to care for your dog. But then on the other hand, I think. When the dog is at the groomers or the dog's at the kennel and I haven't yet picked him up, I think, oh, my gosh, it's just way too quiet around here. I just yeah. feel like there's a a part of my comfort zone that's gone. Yeah. It's missing. So um, I can't make that promise anymore. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> uh, well, and just sitting or- sitting down in a chair, my dog's there in my lap. And, yeah. you know, and if that doesn't happen, then it's like, well, wait a minute. Something's wrong here. <laughs> Yeah, you know, no. well, and, you know, right. I mean, think about it. You know, the words unconditional love. Yeah. Yes. You know, so you and I could get into a discussion and and maybe we're, we're, we're you know, albeit temporarily, but, you know, we might get upset with one another. Mm-hmm. Right. The dog doesn't. Right. <laughs> he forgets real quick and yes. uh, he's ready to give you his, you know, his love immediately. You know, whereas you and I might be mad for two or three days at each other. Right. You know, the dog doesn't do that. So no matter what, no matter what transcended, you know, maybe you had to discipline him. 
Uh, and then, you know, 20 minutes later, the dog wants to please you again. Yeah. Right. You know, so those negative moments that happen, which is natural. And I say negative, uh, a moment where you have to correct something the dog was doing, it was wrong. Right. You know, the dog doesn't get mad at you for taking away that pair of shoes that he had in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he forgets that. He doesn't hold a grudge and say, man, he Mike wouldn't let me have that shoe. Exactly. You know, he forgets that and, and he moves on to. You know, that unconditional love that, that, and again, like anything else, right? They become a part of our family in the absence of they being home. Yeah. You know, Rocky has never, he's going to be six years old. He's never, ever spent a day in a kennel. Uh Because there are people that, you know, including every one of our staff members that say, anytime you need to go out of town, Mike, (laughs) we'll take Rocky home. I have to be careful because I'd be afraid that they they wouldn't give him back. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably a a good thing to worry about. (laughs) I see our time is almost running out today, but I don't want to wrap things up until we ask you if there is anything else you would like our listeners to know, whether it's about Rocky, whether it's about your organization, whether it's about your field, how you help people, how you serve people. Is there anything you want our listeners to hear? You know, from the standpoint of, you know, Bartolomeo and Parado, uh, we're 98 years in the community. Most people have have heard of us. Unfortunately for some, in some cases, we vary generation after generation of their family members. You know, in terms of those who don't know us so well, you know, Rocky's just a great example of thinking out of the box, uh, getting away from the traditional things that we would know to, that exist at funeral homes. You know, we're constantly trying to find the next opportunity that we can help families. Um, and that's a tireless effort. And it's one that never gets completed, right? Because you can always make it better tomorrow. Hey, we did it great today. Is That's fantastic. But so what are we going to do tomorrow to make it even better than we did the day before? You know, Rocky, I think, is a, is a, a symptom of that. You know, uh, he became, uh, it started off as an idea. And before you know it, as I mentioned earlier, he's our most popular staff member. More people know the dog's name than mine. And, uh, you know, I take him for a walk and everybody say, oh, is that Rocky? Oh. Uh, you know, uh, and I had, a, I bumped into a, somebody had taken him to the vet. And, you know, sure enough, I'm walking in and, and I didn't know who the person was. And they and they looked at me and said, is that Rocky? And I said, yeah. And he says, oh, my gosh, you know, he took care of my uncle. He was there and made him feel better. And uh, and then, again, at the end of the conversation, now, which Prado are you again? <laughs> um, so I, I think, you know, know that Rocky's not for everyone, but for those who are pet friendly, um, you know, Rocky's here to do his thing. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, I couldn't imagine him not being at work. Mm-hmm. Um, he gives us all comfort, you know, even just something as simple as, you know, you go to work, everybody has a bad day or a good day, right? There's times here that, you know, we'll have a bad day. Anybody for that matter, any one of our staff, our team, and uh, they'll look for Rocky because yeah. uh, therapy comes in many ways. So uh, we love having him. Uh, we love the fact that the community's reacted so positively to him. And I could never imagine coming to work and not having him by my side. That's great. Is there a section on your webpage where people can see pictures of Rocky? Yeah, there is. Uh, so on our webpage, uh, it's www.bartolomeo.com. 
Uh, there's pictures. Uh, there's uh, uh, and again, he's our most popular guy. <laughs> um, and from time to time, you know, um, we will, in fact, uh, remind folks because not everybody knows about us or not everybody knows about him. But from time to time, you know, we do promote the, the fact that he's here. Uh, and if and if appropriate, absolutely love uh, uh, the fact that people can know that he's here. Uh, and hopefully, uh, like many before, uh, you'll be able to make a great difference for them. That's great. I want our listeners to know that we have some international listeners as well. So I want them to know that we will put your website information in the episode notes as well as on our website. So if they want to check it out and see Rocky, if there happens to be anyone else that's in the same line of work that wants to make that suggestion or consider that, they also can go to the website and check it out. I think it's safe to say that even though for the title of this episode, I had down grief and Rocky the therapy dog, but now I almost want to say Rocky the wonder dog because he is so incredible. <laughs> and uh, I can just, just imagine and picture so many instances that would really be very, very touching at a time when people are most in need of comfort. And that smile that just creeps in when you don't really expect it. So all that being said, I think it's time to wrap it up today. Mike, we want to say thank you so very, very much. I know it's been a busy week for you, and we appreciate you carving a little bit out of your week to spend some time with us and talk about this. Our listeners, thanks for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. Thank you for asking us. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.